What did you guys eat? Or what did you order from? Um, there's this place called Secret Chinese Food, I think. Or I could have it totally wrong. But it's like, it's delivery only. Secret Chinese delivery. And it's only, obviously, delivery only. But it's like California. Is it a secret? California, like, cuisine, but with, like, Chinese food. And it's really good. Yeah, right? they all have, like, kind of like a little twist to them. Like those noodles with pickles. Yeah. So oh, it's so like it's kind of like fusion-ish? Yeah, but they have like, there's like kale, like noodle stir fry with peanuts and kale, and it's really good. Oh, cool. Yeah. Go for the baby, stay for the kale. <laughs> hey, and welcome to For the Podcast. This is episode 19. I'm Michael, as always, here with my good friend and co-host Jason. Hey, Jason. Hello. I'm back this week. Moy. Hi. <laughs> it's not Arnab? Not Arnab. Arnab did a great job. I told Moy about how she should uh Step she it should up. worry about her job security. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Did you, sh- Moy hasn't heard the episode yet, but like uh Arnab came out with a uh, shots fired right in like the first 5 seconds of his uh intro. Here's the thing, I probably will never listen to it, so I have the upper hand. Okay. Fair enough. Shots fired into the abyss. <laughs> <laughs> so do we have any follow-up this week? I was going to say that. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> do you have any follow-up this week? Oh, good question, Moy. Thanks. Um, did you guys see that apparently LG posted on their website that uh, Apple may release an 8K iMac this year? But then they were saying it was probably wrong? I don't know. I mean, well... I- well, they took it down. Oh. Yeah, so apparently like LG like sources, you know, Apple sources LG uh, monitors from LG. So if they, you know, if Apple gave them plans that they said they're going to make an 8K iMac this year, like LG would presumably know those plans, right? And the way that they kind of came out was um, you know, saying Apple already announced an 8K iMac this year and they were talking about other 8K products that might be coming out uh in the near future. And so some people are speculating that maybe they kind of made a mistake and they announced this. What do you guys think? So was it announced as a p- as a press release or was it just like an, uh, a press write-up? Mm, I, I don't actually know. I think know. it was in like a slide or something. Because oh, like who's getting fired over there? Somebody. Well, so do you think an 8K iMac is going to come out one year after the 5K iMac? Uh, I'm not sure if it's going to come out one year after, but I think it will. I mean, it'll definitely come out if not like the end of this year probably sometime early next year and i think if it does i think it'll it'll like be like a supermodel on top of like the 5k oh, oh kind of like a, an imac and an imac pro yeah or something i don't think they would just get rid of the 5k imac would you be interested in an 8k imac uh i'm not sure depends on the price more importantly jason would you be and this is where you say no, but then you go and buy one. Yeah, um, I, I don't think so. I mean, <laughs> okay, like, I mean, so obviously, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, no, like, I mean, obviously, uh, 8K is better than 5K, but um, I don't know. Like, my 5K, I'm really happy with it. I think it, like the resolution is really, really great. Um, I don't Weren't know that there's that much benefit from 8K at this point, and so if the cost is going to be like really expensive. What was that? Weren't you really happy with your Pebble? Yeah, well, I'm saying like if it's the same price, right, and I can get 8K for $2,500, right? Sure, why not, right? If there's no like downside to it, but 
I mean, if it's going to be like $4,000 for 8K or $2,500 for 5K, like I'm, I'm perfectly happy with 5K. All right. Well, we'll see you in the pre-order line. <laughs> I think out. the more interesting thing is that DisplayPort 1.4 can drive an 8K display. Oh, I didn't so see that. Maybe this will be like a standalone, like cinema display also. Like for the oh, that would be cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's interesting. Okay. Any other follow-up? Um, so, Mike, I heard your Echo is actually back. Well, I don't know. I'm not home to try it. But um, they came out with an update for Wemo and Philips Hue products. So those are just things that can um, control like my lighting. And now <laughs> they're now they're compatible with with Echo. So now I can you know tell Echo to turn on you know the bedroom light or turn on the kitchen light. Um, so to me, that's like part of my part of what I would want like that Apple TV with Siri potential Siri integration to do. So it's just come a little early, but I haven't had a chance to try it out yet, but I'm really excited. So um, what's your regret meter on the Echo right now? It's uh, it's dropped down a little bit from a solid 10 to, uh, <laughs> hey, to I would wow, say maybe 10. about seven Eight. and a half. So, wow. <laughs> so if you, if Amazon offered like a full refund on it right now, before you have a chance to try it out with that, turning your lights on and off with it, would you do it or would you keep it? If they gave me the one ninety nine, like the full retail price that I didn't pay, I would I would give it back to them. But if they only gave me the ninety nine dollars that I paid, I'll keep it. So oh. you're saying if they, if they gave you hundred dollars to take it back, then you <laughs> yeah. then you would take it. Yep. You're a smart okay. one, Mike. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got to make a little money here. <laughs> Amazon's like, yeah, you're the one who bought it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but but a full refund is not enough. They need to give you a hundred dollars. Yeah. They need to give me money to take this back. Okay. <laughs> Gosh, very nice only of you. More store policies are like that. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. So can you control those things like the Wemo and Philips on Siri, or no? Are you using Siri? Um, with like some hacks right now, but I think that they're working on that. Um, the whatever the home integration. I think Philips is definitely on board, and I, Wemo hasn't like Belkin, um, which owns Wemo, makes the Wemo brand. They haven't announced anything, but people keep saying like, "Oh, I want, I want it to work with like the Apple Home integration they announced," and they say like, "Stay tuned." So I think it's coming, but they haven't officially announced something. Well, so I mean, there's actually no Siri API yet, right? No, there's like a way to to like hack it though. Like, do you need to, what do you mean? Like, do you need to like jailbreak, jailbreak it or? No, like running some, like some other server. I, I don't know. I saw a video, but I don't remember now. It was so long. I'm actually ago. surprised that there's no Siri. I remember when Siri was first announced and um, there was no API at the time. And, you know, I was talking to some friends and we were like, you know, oh, maybe there'll be an API like next year. Right. And now it's been several years and there's still no API. So it's kind of crazy. Yeah. You'd think maybe this year, but who knows? Do you think maybe just because their expectations for Siri has been lowered? You know, it's not like, remember when they announced it and I was like, it's supposed to be mind blowing. Yeah, yeah. And people uh, haven't really. Well, I, I mean, I think Siri is actually getting better. And I know like in the, in the new, they released like iOS 8.3. Um, is it 8.3? 8.2? I don't know. They released an iOS update this past week. And like one of the things they did was like they tweaked the Siri voice. So it looks, it sounds a little nicer now. So I think they're still working on Siri. I don't think they've like given up or, or kind of like tapered back, but, um, I don't know. I feel like they should be an API soon, hopefully. And then hopefully that will integrate with all the HomeKit stuff. Is the dictation? Dictation is part of Siri, right? I think that it's like kind of, but it's like not, it doesn't use Siri. I, I don't know. There's some, it's, it's related. Cause I mean, I think that works really well. Yeah. 
and it's definitely faster and it definitely works like you know i tried it a little bit and uh it works pretty well yeah. i agree um it seems like we have a trend going on here which is we talk about our sh- favorite shows and then they bring them back have you guys noticed that yep um yeah so there's news about arrested development coming back yeah i'm excited are you um, to be honest, I could never, I couldn't finish the last new season, so I feel like I'm screwed if this one takes off right after that one. You should watch it. Like, I, I mean, I, I know I mentioned this a couple weeks ago, but I feel like it gets better. The first, I don't know, maybe six or six or eight episodes is like half, the first half of the new season is not particularly good, but I thought the last half was actually pretty good. But that's like a lot of episodes to get through too get yeah. reward but you should enjoy it don't look at it as a chore yeah, yeah. So i mean the first six episodes the best <laughs> <laughs> well i mean like after i saw the last half of the season i really liked it i actually was tempted to go watch the first half again just to see if it you know is actually better than i met i remember but um i haven't so maybe i'll you know now that there is a new season there's like 17 new episodes or something coming out um yeah. i might go back and, and watch them all over again that's cool though i actually thought it was over because I don't, I didn't know how well the last season had done, and I remember that people weren't. There wasn't as much buzz about it after it was released. So yeah, thought, there was a ton of buzz before it came out, right? Yeah, and like, then it kind of died down. Right. So I thought maybe that, like, that's it. Like it, they kind of. But then again, that just could be the Netflix model of when you release a bunch of stuff, people are going to talk about it for a week, and then that's it. Yeah, that's true. I mean, even House of Cards, right? Like, which is pretty popular, like. When the new season was coming out, like season three, um, there was a lot of talk about it coming back and there was like recaps and like, you know, those videos that, in case like you missed the first two seasons. And now nobody's talking about it, right? Yeah. And it's only been like a couple of, like a couple of months. But it's, I mean, I guess it doesn't really matter because it seems like Netflix has been making a ton of money on these, you know, original programming. So it's like, who cares if people aren't talking about it? They've made their money. Yeah, I think the diehards, you know, maybe they like, they burn through the episodes really quickly, like that weekend. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure other people, you know, are on like a regular watching schedule, just, you know, they watch episodes whenever they can, but they don't really talk about it. Yeah. Speaking of uh, burning through episodes, uh, tonight is the uh, first episode of uh, Game of Thrones for the season. Yay. Yay. And also today, this morning, uh, there was news that uh, the first four episodes have leaked on the internet. I saw that. Yeah. And so everyone's making a joke that spoilers are coming. Huh. Um, are you guys going to watch the uh, or, you know, try to obtain these these first four episodes so you can watch them to avoid spoilers? Or are you going to just just take your chances and watch them week by week? I'm going to watch it week by week because it seems like the quality of the leaks aren't even that good. And... Right. I actually haven't. I haven't seen the. Yeah, uh, no. I haven't seen the screen capture or anything like that. So I don't know. I mean, it's possible that they're not good. If they're not good, I'm definitely not going to watch them like that. But if they are really good, I think it would be pretty tempting. Just because, you know, if something shocking does happen in the first four episodes, like I just don't want it to be spoiled. But I feel like people aren't. I feel like the the good people of the internet are not going to spoil it. I feel like it's what? the jerks. I feel like it's the jerks who are going to watch the leaks and <laughs> try to ruin it for you. But I feel like. I honestly, I, I feel like major publications will probably want to keep a good relationship with HBO and probably will not address any spoilers. Well, what if like one guy makes like a website, right? That's like 
uh, generates a lot of buzz because like say something shocking does happen and he creates something that's like goes viral, right? That spoils it. And you are like a news media, like on a website. Would you like cover that or would you not cover that? Because you could, like, you can cover it without having to spoil it for everyone. Just like someone spoils something crazy. Like if you click on it, then you'll, you know, beware. Yeah. And like here are the effects of it on HBO's content and here's the backlash from fans. So you don't have to be like, and here's what it said. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's true. Okay. I mean, at the same time, there are books uh, from the series that have been out for years, and I've already, I mean, I accidentally spoiled something myself after the first season, and I was so upset, because when you Google the character names, like, the first Wikipedia wiki stuff that comes up is from the books, and of course, like, Google annotates it for you, and so I was just uh, like, oh, okay. Like, wait, this is before happen. you, like, finished the books? It was before I f- started the books, and it was uh, uh, after... Gotcha. I finished the first season. So I feel like the spoilers aren't even, I mean, it's like, it's already out there in some form. Right. No, that's true. That's a good point. So it's not going to be so mind blowing because at the same time, it's like the source material has been out for years. Right. It's like if they made a uh, movie about the Bible, right? Like some biblical story. And then like it comes out and you're like, don't spoil it. Right. But like it's been out for, you know, a really long time. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess. I don't think they're really big plot twists in the the Bible. You don't know what happens to the Ark? <laughs> um, I mean, is it a big twist? No, I don't know. Exactly. I actually don't even know what happens to it. I'm a terrible Christian. <laughs> well, now we have proof. <laughs> I think your strategy for this, like, Game of Thrones leak is, uh, is different. Like, I, it was either Dexter or 24 or something, and, like, a few episodes leaked before the first episode aired like this and so i just watched them right away why wait what why why did you because you didn't want it to be spoiled no just because i was so excited about the new season and that would be the reason that i'd want to watch these episodes but it's not like netflix where if if that like the whole season had released i would maybe be more tempted but after i watched like those three or four episodes I was like stuck for a month again without new episodes. Yeah, so it kind of right, sucks right. for you. Yeah, it was horrible. So I would not do that again. I think I'll I'll probably just watch them week by week, just to have like the steady infusion of Game of Thrones that I need to sustain myself. And how was the quality of the leaks that you saw? Was it as good as watching it on your nice TV, or was it? Yeah, they were good. Oh, they were like HD rips. I just know that when um. I just know that from personal experience, when you provide screener copies, there's a way to do it where you don't reveal the ending or you, you know, like you provide a press copy for, um, for press to watch, but they understand that it's not the final version, you know? So there are ways to avoid full on spoilers. Are they going to be able to track who? Yeah, I think they are tracking them down because they give them to like a select group. Yeah. And then it's like, so if you give them to 10 people. I'm sure it's like, okay, you have 10 people that you can target and talk to them. Because I remember when um, the the Oscar screeners were were being torrented and they caught the guy who was doing it and now he's in jail. They should just put them all in one room and say, no one's leaving unless someone confesses like they do in like <laughs> elementary school. <laughs> they didn't do that at my school. They didn't do that? Oh, okay. What I did mean, happen uh... at your school? <laughs> <laughs> Don't they do that? Like, you know, everyone puts their heads down until someone confesses, like, in, in the classroom, <laughs> and everyone's, like, so bored. They're like, all right, fine, I did it. And then, like, that's it, right? We never had any sort of crime committed. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> what did you do in your school? I don't know. 
Like, okay, I just remember like that kind teacher, of Jason. <laughs> no, it's like you know who spilled something and didn't clean up or something like that. I don't know. Oh, well, this explains a lot. I'm just kidding. I don't know. Jason spills a lot. <laughs> no, that, <laughs> that wasn't me. I'm that just saying. Jason's that. a liar. <laughs> that Jason could have been the ones leaking the Game of Thrones episode. Wait, do they have different watermarks for each like screen or copy they give out? I don't think they would do. I don't think they would do that. That would take so much time. You have to like create. No, I think they could do that. You have to create specific copies per reviewer. Yeah, it's just a, it's just a digital thing, right? It's not like they're like copying them on VHS tape and then like they need to do it again, right? <laughs> but like, you realize that it it's like say you have so it's an hour long episode, four of them, so it's four hours, and you have to export it, and that's probably more like real time than it is just a quick export. So it's like no, there's got to be. We live in the world of technology. I'm sure there's a way that you can like watermark them and like automate the process. So you just do it overnight, and then it's done in the morning, and you send it out. Yeah, but say you have 20 reviewers, you just do that times 20. I work. Yeah. I I work with video content for TV. Like we, it's not easy. It's like an annoying process to do. Okay. To be like That's every. Fair. Every, the New York Post gets a different co- version than the New York Times. You know, it's just like, okay, how many? Like 20 critics? But then, okay. but then why even watermark them if they're all going to have the same watermark, right? Like, the, at that point, the only thing that the watermark is telling you that someone did something, you know, like someone leaked it that had the watermark copy, right? But, like, how else yeah. would they have gotten it? So, like, it, it's useless, right? So, yes, it's annoying, but, like... It's not useless to watermark your own property, if you have an, if you have a leaked episode of HBO and it says like property of HBO, right? Like right. that's all it's telling you is like everyone knows that, right? Like yeah, nobody's, you know nobody's that- like, oh, who I wonder who's this is, right? Like it's HBO's. No, it's also to so be like, okay, well, this, this cop, this edition, this version of the episode went out to this group of people. Then I know that whoever leaked it is in that group of people. And it, you know, yeah. it's like you're also like mark, you're like tagging your content. I mean, so I guess they could- it down. Yeah, they could do it for, like, groups of two, right? And then, like, you only have two people that could have possibly leaked it rather than, like, a ten people, right? But, I mean, you can't distribute it to, like, a mass group of people or, like, a mass group of journalists and only have one watermark, right? No, that's what – what do you – I don't understand what you're arguing against. Like, whether everyone gets the same watermark or whether everyone gets individual watermarks, right? Maybe there's a compromise where there's, like, a smaller group of people, like, two or three people, but – you're not going to just brand everything with one watermark, right? Yeah, you do with your you brand. It's like you you own this property. You're going to brand it with your your ownership. You're gonna if you're going to give it out. If you can, if you, it's like if I'm going to send you my movie without any watermark on it, you could do whatever you want with it. It's like it's like you're you're marking your property. So it's more to mark property rather than track who you gave it to. Yeah. Oh, okay. I always thought the way they describe it, like when they send water, like, you know, screener copies, I thought it was always to kind of like, oh, we can track who we gave this to. But it's more in a general sense rather than Well, specific. in a general sense. But I'm sure like for Oscar screeners, they're probably more, well, I mean, they still get away with so much, right? But it's just basically to mark your copy and be like, this is our property. We're lending it. We're giving it to you on in the terms for you to review it. Don't try to upload it so other people can steal it. I see. But if they do upload it, it won't look any different than anyone else's. No. I mean, I don't know. Maybe some studios do that, which would be impressive. Maybe that's how they track down that guy who 
who like uploaded the Amazing Spider Man or something is in jail. <laughs> but yeah, it's like was why? it worth it, guy? Yeah, how, how, how crappy! Like the yeah. Amazing Spider Man of all movies is like. I, I need to get this out so everyone can see it. Just how bad it is, right? <laughs> like I don't know. But it's the same reason why phot- photographers watermark their photos. It's like you're marking it as it's like your property. You own it. So if you didn't watermark your photos, people could just steal it and pass it off as their own or do whatever they want with it. Yeah. Cool. So, Jason, you found this cool blog entry about notifications. Yeah, it was uh, linked off of Daring Fireball. So John Gruber posted it and uh, it's a really short post. But um, I guess with, you know, the Apple Watch coming out and people being more conscious about what notifications they're getting on their phone and then they're on their wrist. This guy posted his strategy for uh, notifications and he basically uh, installs an app and the first thing he does is he turns off all the notifications. And uh, he only allows notifications for certain apps, which are like phone calls, uh, text messages, and FaceTime. But every other interaction... And no email. Yeah, every other interaction he he thinks is like, he needs to actually uh, initiate that. So if he wants to check Twitter or Foursquare or Instagram or email, he'll go and open that app himself. So that like, he says, my phone is a tool that I control, not the other way around, right? And so the, the argument is like, you know, if you're getting a ton of push notifications, everyone's always constantly checking their phone to see if they have any new things. Um, but he wants to make it the other way around. He doesn't want to know about those things unless he wants it at that point. So what's your notification strategy? Do you agree with that or do you let everything run? I think that's a little extreme, but I definitely, so I kind of am in the middle, right? So I think that I give apps the benefit of the doubt. So I'll just leave them on, right? And then the minute an app gives me a a notification that I think is annoying, I'll just turn it off. And, and like, you know, if it comes, I don't know, like, I'll, or I'll, I'll see if I can turn it off in the app, like for that particular notification. And if I can't, I'll just turn the entire app off and it kind of loses its privilege. So a lot of my apps are off. Like I still have like Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, things like that, email. Uh, I've thought about turning those off too, but, um, for now, I don't get that many notifications. I'm not, I'm not a very popular guy. So, um, it's not as big a problem for me. How about you guys? Um, I'm the same way, but I kind of, I don't know about you guys, but I get super annoyed when I get notifications for things that I forgot that I had or when the default setting is that the notifications are on. And it drives me so insane when, when you're just like, oh, I have this new app. And then you just, when you don't use it and you get a pop up and you're like, I didn't ask for that, you know, <laughs> like I get really mad. So I turn all of mine off. I don't have my email notifications on because I think the fetching right does take up a lot of battery so i just check and see what emails i get but i don't sit and run wait for it for battery purposes yeah and also for my sanity i mean i know people who have notifications on for everything so anytime like someone tweets they get a notification or when someone you know follows them or responds to them and sometimes it's just like you don't have to like know right away like you can just relax. Yeah, I think my strategy is similar to Jason where, you know, you kind of have like the benefit of the doubt and then if you kind of screw up then well, that's it. You had your chance and you messed it up. Um are you going to have a different strategy for the watch? Um so actually the reviews say that 
that's one of the problems. And I'm actually a little disappointed in Apple because like when the Android Wear apps came out, everyone was kind of like poo-pooing it because it was just like, well, every notification that my watch or that my phone gets, I get on my watch. There's no way to like really granularly like have any granular control over like which notifications go to the watch versus just the phone. Yeah. And it seems like the reviewers seem to say that like that's the case with the Apple Watch as well. Oh, really? So, so whatever comes to your phone goes to your watch. Yeah, I think some of the Apple Watches, like the if you set up VIP in mail, you can kind of do VIP mail only. Okay. But say there's an Instagram app, you can't say like, oh, only do likes but not follows or, or whatever it is, right? Like anything you get on your phone, I think you'll get on your watch. Okay, so are you going to, before we talk about the watch, are you going to like set up your notifications before the watch comes? No, I'll probably give it a shot. Um, but I think I'll be very quick to like, if I have, if my watch is buzzing all the time, then, you know, I'll, I'll be, I'll have a short leash and I'll just like turn them all off. Uh, I do wonder though, because like, like I said, um, and I mean, it was partially a joke, but partially not a joke. Like I'm actually not that popular of a guy. So I don't actually get that many push notifications. Like, uh, I wonder like these journalists that are on Twitter and they get a lot of ad replies or they'll even get, you know, ad replies, um, you know, when they, like from random strangers on Twitter, right? Or if they go on Periscope or, you know, things like that, people will like to message them. Um, that doesn't happen to me, right? I don't get like random people just at replying me. Or if I post a tweet, I don't usually get anyone to at reply to those either. So a lot of them are like, oh, there's too many notifications. But I wonder if that's just because they are, you know, quasi-celebrities or like well-known figures. But do you guys get a lot of notifications? I don't know. I don't. Um, yeah, I was wondering the same thing. I feel like they they would get like a lot more just than the average stuff person right? than we would. Yeah, they feel like if you already are getting a lot, then why would you have it on in the first place? Like it feels like it's you're complaining about something, but like there's such an easy solution to fixing it. So like it's like oh, yeah. I get so many notifications. It's like but, oh, I feel uh, so sorry for you. Like, you're, well, I think I think so for popular. them it's like for them it's like. Because it's all or nothing, right? So, like, if they turn them all off, then, like, they get nothing. But then, so you don't want nothing. But then when you turn them on, then you have everything, right? And so I think that, I do think that the problem is definitely, like, exacerbated by the fact that they are, you know, famous people. Like, if they join a, if they start a Periscope, they'll get hundreds of people to watch. Whereas if I start a Periscope, I'll get, like, 10 people to watch, right? So it's, it's, it's definitely different. But, um, I don't know. I haven't really thought my uh, thought about my notification strategy for watches yet. Speaking of Periscope, this is a really unrelated thing. But have you noticed that some people that you follow kind of are abusing it and just are periscoping things that you just really don't think should be peris- periscoped? Because, <laughs> like, I don't know. I've seen some people and it's just, like, periscoping, like, every 30 minutes. And it's just like, dude, you're just, like, stop. Like stop. What are they? What are they periscoping? Okay. I think the people that I follow don't do that. I feel like um, I shouldn't say who, but there were certain people who were. I actually tuned in finally. I was like, okay, what are you doing? And I'm like, you're not doing anything. <laughs> like, you're not even responding to people. <laughs> they like, just want people to watch. Yeah, I don't understand. It's just like the whole point is for you to watch to show what you're doing, but also interact with your the people watching. But like that wasn't even happening because they just like left it on the propped up so they could so is it a friend of yours or is it like someone like an acquaintance acquaintance okay why are you gonna try to figure it out no no no. i'm just curious like <laughs> if, like, if it was a celebrity or someone that, that i follow that i didn't really care about and they were doing that all the time i would just unfollow them but like if they were actually oh. a friend of mine and then you know they noticed that i, I don't know right yeah like that, that could get tricky <laughs> 
Yeah. No, so I just, so I mean, I have Periscope notifications on because I think it's still new enough that, it, and I want to see what my friends are doing. So I enjoy those things, even though I won't always tune in. But yeah, like when you got, when I get three of them in a row from the same person, you know, doing nothing, then I'm like, okay, stop. Like then yeah, they, it's like those people on Instagram that like post like five or 10 pictures in a row of the same exact event. And you're like, just pick one, right? Like yeah. you don't need to pick also, 10. Also, like it doesn't, it's not a good photo. Like pick a good photo, pick the best yeah, photo, yeah. do one and stop making up hashtags like 10 of yeah. them in a row. <laughs> See, like when you, when I was watching you drink a beer with your friend during lunch, like that was something because you were showing your friend and then you were responding to people. Or like I would say something, I would text something and you would respond to it. Like that's, I feel like how you use it. So that Thanks. was, that was good. I haven't seen Mike <laughs> Periscope at all. So yeah. Have you done it, Mike? Yeah. Because I want to make sure that when I Periscope, it's for something that you guys will want to see. <laughs> uh, gotcha. Yes, Mike. So stop ab- abusing your Periscope. Maybe I'll Periscope this weekend at Will's uh, bachelor party. Oh, you oh yeah, we should. Yeah. And I'll periscope you periscoping at Will's bachelor party. <laughs> Should I periscope myself per- watching you guys? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyways. Did you guys see this new app that came out uh, by the Studio Need-, Need guys? Yes. It's called Highball. It looks like a cool app. It's just like a cocktail recipe app, right? Uh, so basically, it's like, uh, yeah. So you can create your own uh, card, and it has a recipe like an old-fashioned or a Manhattan. And it has a recipe of like how you make it, like the ingredients and the steps. And um, you can actually share these cards. So you can either post them onto uh, Twitter or any social media, or you can email them, or there's like a library of like staff picks that you can add to your to your app as well. That's cool. And it, does it create its own artwork or do you... So there's like default artwork, which I, the app is actually really well done. So there's like stock artwork where you can have like, um, you can choose a background color and then you can choose like uh, a variety of glasses and then like whether like you have like one big ice cube or crushed ice or ice cubes and then like any garnish like a like a lemon twist or, or something like that. Right. So you can kind of customize that. Um, it does a really cool thing when it shares the uh, drinks. So basically what it does is um, it creates a uh, an image file of the card. And in the bottom, like on the bottom of the image file, there's actually a QR code. And so you can post it on Facebook and say, or, or Twitter and say, like, here's my drink, right? And it looks like an image. So anyone can download it and you don't need to have the app. But if someone does have the app, they can um, either copy that image to their clipboard or download the image to their photo library. And then when they run the app, it'll look for um, that like certain type, like that template. And you can add those image files into the app. And because of the QR code, it can convert those images into like the data format of the app. So if Mike creates a drink and he creates an image, I can import that image and then I can edit that image. If say I think like he added too much of one particular ingredient, I can then edit it still. It's not like stuck in image format. Yeah, that's really cool. That's cool. Here, my thing though is that like, what if you're making like two old fashions and not one, but you're kind of just stuck with like a static image for a recipe? You just have to do the math yourself. I'm not sure if you can change it to like, you know, like if you have four old fashions, if it'll like multiply by four for you or not. I'm not sure. Because our recipe app like allows you to change the um, the serving size really easily. So then it's more interactive. But I think an image is more fun to share, I guess. I mean, they're like, um, you know, like cartoony images. They're, they don't look like real photos, like a, like a recipe app. 
Yeah. yeah. Oh, 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 you can change the quantity. Oh. But uh, apparently, so it's <laughs> so you can't just choose like it's a button that says quantity, and you hit like if you hit it, it goes from one to two. The most it can make is five. That's it. What if you? Yeah. What if you're running a bar? Or if you're an alcoholic and you make ten drinks at a time, then yeah. um, you're out of luck. If you're working at a bar, hopefully you don't need this app to, <laughs> to figure out how to make these drinks. It's a secret. Um, that's cool. But yeah, the QR codes. What do you guys think about that? I haven't seen a better use of them than this app so far. <laughs> have you yeah, ever, this is probably the best. Have you ever? Yeah, I've used never really used them. I remember. Um, one time I was at Comic Con and we had to go to some like event for that game that I forgot the name of. But they were like, oh, we're taking over a street corner. And then you take a picture of our QR code and it'll take you somewhere cool on your phone. And where the QR code was like on a billboard at the top of the building and we were on the ground. And it was just like, I can't take a picture of that. <laughs> like, it's so far away. Unless it magically works for at long distances. <laughs> I've never used a QR code. Yeah. I mean, I think that they're a good idea, right? The problem is that nobody has QR code apps to read them right like because if apple never... had just created it into like if it was built into the um like i know the camera app where yeah. it was like like it'll automatically recognize a qr code and then it'll just do the qr stuff um or there's like a qr mode or something you know so it's really easily accessible like I, i've seen a qr code before and actually so I, I i lied i actually have used it once and i had to go to the app store and download a qr yeah. code app and I didn't know which one was the best one because nobody really uses them. And I had to pick some like shady one that was free. And then it, it worked. But that's just so much work to do that like well, it's so just it's not like worth it. A lot of the stuff that you get from scanning one is just not even worth this. Yeah, like it opens up like a web page or yeah, something. Like, yeah, like Google.com or, you know, you could just give me like ESPN.com. You don't need to like put it in QR code format, right? And we used to we used to have them for work just because like it was we should just had one. And I remember always being like, why am I copying pasting this into this site? Because it's just going to take you to something that I could just link you to. <laughs> it was so annoying. Yeah. Wait. So the guys that made this app, they also made. Um, they're kind of like they built this app kind of as like a, hopefully like the iPod Halo effect, right? Because they sell an ice kit and a simple syrup kit. That they, when you open first open the app, it has like links to buy them. Yeah. So, right. They're like a physical goods, like they make um, things that they sell. And so, like, they change their philosophy. So now they create these well designed apps that people will hopefully find useful. And then they adver- they use the apps to advertise their products. So the apps are free rather than charge for the app to try to make money that way. Yeah. That's kind of cool. Do you have the ice kit, Jason? I know you're looking at it before um i mean it looks really cool i actually have like this um like a couple years ago kaki was um oh the blue recommending right right like the tovolo king ice cube set yeah so i have one of those Uh, i don't use it very often because i actually don't make my own cocktails um very often although once that once this app came out i'm kind of tempted to go and like stock like a nice bar and like make my own cocktails and try them out but um so i have that like the the king ice cube set to make my own ice cubes. The Studio Neat one is supposed to be just a little nicer because, like, um, the way that it works, they're, like, perfectly clear ice cubes. Yeah. Which is, like, You basically I discard guess, half of it or, like, crush the the half that's cloudy and you're yeah. left yeah. with half of the cube that's that's clear. Which is nice. So, I mean, if you're, like, a perfectionist, like, I, I can understand um, the appeal. But I think it's, like, $60. Yeah, I think it's 80 one. bucks for the double set. Yeah. Yeah, 80 for two, which is like, so if that was like 20 bucks, I think that it would be cool. Like I would get one and, um, 
you know, maybe I'd use it once or twice a year, but for 60 or 80 bucks, it's probably not worth it for me. And simple syrup is pretty easy to make. I mean, it's nice. Yeah, that's that... what I was just trying to figure <laughs> out. Like, I've made this in a jar. Yeah, it's nice that there's like little like lines for the for the sugar and the syrup. Yeah, to tell you like water, how high to do it. Yeah, it's What's uh, also like use like just I'm sure. You well, you can make your own, cup. right? Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that they're both pretty neat, uh, but they're, they're pretty niche products, right? Like, um, there, there may be good gift products. Like if someone, you know, like likes to make cocktails and they don't have to pay for the $60 themselves, like sure. But, um, I, I personally wouldn't buy them. Okay. Well, which means you're going to buy it soon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so the reviews for the Apple watch have been coming in. Oh yeah. How was your, uh, ordering process, Jason? How did it go? It's pretty smooth. How about yours? I, I gotta say, it's it was probably the smoothest. I don't know if it's because of the demand was so much lower, or if they had ironed out a lot of the problems of the online store. But didn't they say that like there was already a delay on when you're gonna get yours because there were so many? Yeah, but I'm not sure if that was just they don't they didn't make that many. Oh, yeah. I, I would. I mean, if they release figures on how many they sold the first week, like they do for some iPhone releases, like I, I would imagine that it's way less. I, I think they just have less. Less like supply. Yeah, because first of all, it has to be less than the number of people that would buy a new iPhone, right? Yeah, for sure. And it's broken down into like 18 different models. So you figure yep. they can't stock as many of each one. Yep. Probably just a little bit of both, you know, like there's less supply and maybe less demand as well. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I would, I would bet heavily that there's way less demand than like any iPhone launch. So that's why, like, I guess I wasn't too shocked when it went really smoothly because, um, I don't know. It's it's not like an iPhone launch. Yeah, I pulled over. Uh, I was driving back home from Moy's house, and like I just pulled over on the side of the road at like eleven fifty eight. Like waited two minutes for the Where store to you? launch. Uh, I was like in Gorman or something. Oh my god! So you're like in the Grapevine? Yeah. <laughs> what must have been well, at least you pulled over. That's true. And you don't buy and drive. There wasn't going to be reception. But uh, that's a good point. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, I think we both did the same method, right? We use the uh, the Apple Store app on our phone. Yeah. And then we use Apple Pay so we can just do like the one touch buying. That was awesome. It worked really well. Didn't have to type in like billing address, shipping address. It was already in there. You don't need to like put in your Apple password or log into your account or anything. Yeah. It was yeah, so fast. Great. So, I think I got my confirmation email at like 12.02. Yeah, I got 12.03. Is it sold out officially, or are you still? Pre-order? They're shipping in June. I think all models are now shipping in June. No, but can I pre-order one right now, or it's it's over? You can, but it'll just get you'll get it in June rather than like they won't like oh. they'll take your money. They just won't give you a phone or a watch until June. Well, do you think that like um, do you think there are a lot of people that uh, bought multiples because they either were going to planning on selling them or they? you know, weren't sure because no one had ever seen one in person. They don't know like, well, do I buy one stainless steel and one sport because I don't know which one I want or, you know, even like a 38 millimeter versus a 42 millimeter because I don't know which one fits. And then um, I'll just cancel one later. So you think like the shipping times might improve? Yeah, it's possible. I think some people would have done that. I just picked, uh, I just bought one. I bought the 42 um, millimeter stainless steel with the black sport band after consulting Moy and Brandon and Min and everyone. Well, you wanted the white one, and we all, all of us were like, that's for They girls. all vetoed the white. The white strap? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My, Jason's like, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, no, so, so I got the, uh, 42 millimeter, uh, space gray sport watch, 
uh-huh. with the uh, black sports band. But Karen, I, I ordered one for Karen as well, and she got the 38 millimeter uh, silver, like the aluminum sport watch with uh-huh. the white band. So she, you know, hers is similar to what you were thinking of, right? With the white band. Mike, I thought okay. you were going to get the Melanese loop thing. Oh yeah. So did you go to the store and check out like any of the? Uh, oh yeah. So I yeah, I made an appointment that next morning at like ten fifteen. So I went in and it wasn't like a a really great experience. I don't know if it was the per like the one person that you know was giving me the watches. You were mm-hmm. like, hey, so your company gave me a free upgrade on my on my. Yeah. <laughs> what have you got here? Yeah. So I mean, they had the loops, uh, the Milanese loop, and I think it looks way better in pictures. I feel like. I thought that the, I thought that it would be a little more like spaced out, or maybe like it would be a little bigger, like the little like the the parts that the watch was made of. It just looked too fine for me. Um, okay. So I didn't I didn't like it in person, and I I really liked it in pictures. And uh, what what other bands did you try? I tried on like the leather loop, um, like the classic um, buckle, um, the the link bracelet. Uh, I think I pretty much tried tried on most of them, um, and I thought the leather loop uh, was comfortable, but it was just too hard. Like because of all the magnets, it was just. Oh uh, uh, yeah, yeah, it's not super soft. Yeah. How um, how's the uh, classic buckle? The classic buckle is nice. It's just like a normal watch. Yeah. Do they let you take pictures of it, or were they like pretty? No, yeah, you could take a lot of people were like periscoping their Apple Watch try-ons. Why didn't you periscope um, yours? I don't know. That's not good enough. To- just wanted to try them on. Um, <laughs> well, so I tried them on too, right? So I, I had a, an appointment um, after work on Friday. And uh, I tried on similar loops as your, or similar bands as yours. Um, and I tried on the sports band. And I actually thought it was like kind of difficult to, to put the straps on. Or like to actually put them around my wrist. Not like I, I didn't have to swap them in and out. Wait, didn't like, they put it on for you? No, he just handed me the watch and then I put it on. Oh, they put they put all the bands on for or all the watches on for. Oh, they me. they actually size them on your wrist. Yeah. Wow, it's very so, like a luxury experience. Yeah. Yeah, he just handed it to me and then like um, <laughs> but it, it's and if you read like Marco Arment had like a short blog post about his experience and I I think he might have had to put them on himself too because he was saying like these straps kind of seem like they're tailored for people with three hands like. I needed like one hand to keep it in place uh-huh. and then one hand and like maybe two hands to like size it, right? But obviously, spoiler alert, I only have two hands. So it's actually very difficult. I was actually kind of scared that like I was going to drop the watch while I was like adjusting the sizing on my, on the strap. And that would have been super embarrassing because like there were these brand new watches and I would have just dropped them on the table. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I guess you don't have any experience with that. No, I guess I got the premium experience at the Apple store. Yeah, I thought they were a little bit difficult to. Uh, put I feel on. like is it something that you think you'll get used to though, putting it on? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I definitely do think I will get used to it. But like, so for example, and I was trying to think like I don't normally wear a watch, right? Yeah. But the sport watch, maybe I was doing it wrong. But like, you're supposed to like pick the size first, right? Like, so it's kind of like a little peg, and you like put it in the hole, and then like you slide the uh, the excess watch strap into like the little uh, slit. At the end of the at the end of the band, uh-huh. I, I'm not picking the best words <laughs> for describing this, but um, I don't know. Like I feel like because normal like watch bands, right? You like slide it through that little uh, metal like 
clearly I'm not a watch person, but you slide it through that little thing first that kind of keeps it in place so it doesn't like just free to like un- unbuckle. Right. You're like, we're and then you and then you put it in the, the hole. Blog <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you guys don't understand. <laughs> I have no idea um, what you're talking about right now. <laughs> all right. Forget it. <laughs> but we'll see. I mean, I definitely, I think I'll get used to it, but like the first time I put it on, it definitely was a little bit more tricky than I thought. Are you happy with the space gray? I am. Uh, I mean, I, I definitely think that the stainless steel looks really nice. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I, I thought that the the space gray with the black sport band looked like it as was nice up there. as an Apple Watch sport can look. Yeah, actually. So um, Karen like looked at her like she was there too, and she looked at the uh, silver aluminum one. Yeah, and it doesn't look bad. Like I don't think it looks bad, but um, it it definitely looks a little cheaper. Mm-hmm. Right, and especially because it looks similar to like the stainless steel, and if you compare the two, like one of them kind of looks more like a toy, and the other one looks more like a like a piece of jewelry or a watch. Right, right. Um, so she, I don't know, she has a little, she's having some second thoughts about the uh, the silver one, but I feel like the space gray because it's darker, like you can't tell as much. Okay, how much more was the space gray than the regular aluminum sport? They're the same price. Oh, exact same price. Yeah, three three forty nine and three ninety nine. Oh, yeah. so for me, like I think the stainless steel with the black strap also looks really nice, but like I don't know that the extra two hundred dollars is worth it mm-hmm. personally. Um, so I'm okay getting the three ninety nine, yeah. but um, but the stainless steel with the the black sports watch or the black sports band would probably be my second pick. You mean the one I picked? Yep. <laughs> Thanks to the help of my friends. <laughs> yeah. Wait, what friends? Oh, my people that I just go to random houses and hang out, <laughs> eat dinner. You were just there to eat the food. <laughs> it was so good. And steal you a might, baby. You might order it again. Um, do we need to wrap up for Moy? Yeah. Yep. Is that okay? okay. Yep, that's um, fine. Yeah, we can talk about new MacBooks next week and Jason's new MacBook next week. How many MacBooks did you get? Uh, just one, but I'm having doubts. Uh-oh. <sighs> Wait, but this is normal? Yeah, this is normal. It's like this when is you get- what I go through when I buy anything. So, so when you get um, your Apple Watch, are there going to be doubts like a week later? There could be. Okay. Yeah. I need a timeline just of what to expect. <laughs> it's like skepticism, doubt, criticism, pre-order. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. Anything okay. else? Um, nope. No, but you can follow us at for the podcast. Um, you can check us out at forthepodcast.com and you can support us. There's a link there. Um, you can click support and um, there's a little Amazon search box. And then if you buy something um, using that link, we get like a small percentage back. So it's uh, every little bit helps. All right. Anything else? No. Nope. Yep, that's it. All right. We'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.